and welcome to the sanctuary a safe space to speak from the heart i'm super excited because i've been wanting this to happen for a minute now um <laughs> i have the air and our manager for sony atv south africa munia chanetza uh in the yes. sanctuary today the man of the industry himself actually wait master of the industry himself thank uh-huh. you so much for coming to the sanctuary no, uh, it's really a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. And just to correct you, it's, it's, I'm A and R manager for the continent, not just South Africa. Oh so my people, God! I'm sorry. No, no, no. I'm we, sorry. We, <laughs> we, we're dealing with the continent here, not just SA. I'm continental. <laughs> oh my, my bad. <laughs> no, no, it's all good, my brother. It's all good. Yeah, all good. So, no, it's a pleasure um, to be how, here. Thank how, you for no man thank thank you so much i've been trying to do this for a minute but like you've been busy you know it's funny because yeah. like the the covid happened things mm-hmm. shut down but you became even more busy doing that like what was going on so i think you know the thing with covid and in, within the area that i work um which is publishing so sony music um so it's actually in even recently there was a big rebrand a few weeks ago where Sony has now dropped ATV. So, so it's no longer Sony ATV. It's now just Sony Music Publishing. And the thing mm. with publishing is that publishing within the music space deals with copyright of music. So I think when COVID happened and people started seeing that, let's say, performances weren't as much, they had to look for, for new revenues. And that's when I think a lot of people started understanding the importance of having your publishing in order and receiving those publishing checks. So that's why I started getting busy mm. on, on, on the Sony side. And then also in my personal capacity, hey, I just said, with the way things were happening, things just are so uncertain that I just said, you know, Munya, the time is now just to do whatever you need to do, just do it now. So that's why mm. in my personal capacity mm. as well, I've been busy as well. Yes, sir. Yeah, let, let's go back like, just a tiny little bit, right? Uh, okay. Before Sony. Uh, what are some of the things you did that led you to Sony? Because uh, from my digging, I found out they actually headhunted you and not the other way around. Uh, so <laughs> yes. what were some of the things you did right that made Sony say, okay, we need this person? Okay, so I mean, I think let me, let me start at the beginning of my journey then within the music space. I think it will help give better context. Um, so, I mean, yeah. my first taste of music industry was in 2007. That's when I think I, I got my first taste of the industry when I was based in Cape Town in, in South Africa. I'm currently in Johannesburg now, but when I was in Cape Town, fresh out of uni, you know, the hustle, trying to find a job. And I was so fortunate and blessed to have secured a job at a company called, a record label uh, called Putumayo World Music. Um, so they are a, a, a New York-based record label and they deal with a lot of compilation albums. So that was the first, the, my first taste, and I was doing marketing and promotions there. And that's when I got, yeah, my first taste of music industry stuff. And then from there, um, an opportunity opened in Johannesburg uh, a few years later at a company called Content Connect Africa. And this is where I would say my, my career really did. It took more shape there. And I mean, again, I'm always, it's, it's just, just the, the, I can never say that I planned a lot of these things. I can't even say that. But that's why I say it's really as, it's God, and, and, and I've just followed music. As music has taken me, I've just followed. So I'm, I'm so grateful mm. for that. And um, so I, I joined Content Connect Africa again as marketing. Um, and Content Connect Africa is a company, they do digital distribution. They're an aggregator. So basically, if you're an artist and you want to make your music available on digital platforms, 
You can go to Content Connect Africa, you have a deal with them. They distribute onto various different platforms. But the one thing about Content Connect Africa is that they also deal a lot with caller tunes, caller ringback tones, you know. And ah, uh, nothing is big in South hey, Africa, man. On, in Africa, you know, that's why I say, you know, sometimes oh. you forget. No, no, let me tell you, in Africa, caller tunes is one of the most downloaded formats. It's just that, you know, the problem is all of us. We talk, we talk, and we all think we have smartphones, but we need to remember that the majority of the continent still don't deal with smartphones. They deal with dumb phones or feature mm. phones. That's the majority. We're still yeah. a minority. So all of us have these smartphones. But so a caller tune is a very powerful way of those who don't have smartphones or those who don't have phones that are enabled to go online to also express mm. themselves where you, there's yes. no... You can I do remember, like, I was in Cape Town. Sorry, I was uh-huh. in Cape Town for a while and I remember every year... Uh, DJ Cleo would win like the most downloads every <laughs> yes. year constantly. We, to, we were distributing his caller tune. We were respond. We were part of the team oh, that were happy DJ Cleo. Man, you win it okay. the summers back to back to back. Hey. Yes, yes, yes. Uh-huh. Like it's like it's like there's no need for uh, you to even try to figure out who's gonna win his DJ Cleo. You knew, and that was part of, <laughs> we were the team that was working with him during that whole period. Okay, the caller tunes. Yes, the yep. content connect. So, yeah, so initially, the company, I mean, whilst I was there, I think my position, I definitely grew within the company. I mean, I started off just marketing promotions, and um, then I think I headed up the marketing team, and then from there, I started doing A&R, and um, then uh, eventually, now, when the company was expanding and wanted to go into other territories, um, I was there with the team spearheading, um, opening up offices and territories like uh, in Uganda. We've got a, there was a branch in Uganda. There's an office in Nigeria. There's offices in Ghana. I think now they just recently sorted out uh, Angola as well. So, and I think through my travels, you know, the one thing which, again, that's why I keep saying it's a blessing is that I met, I was led to the right people. You know, you know, when in this industry, there's a lot of talkers. There's a lot of people who will promise you the world. And then when it's time to deliver, it's, it's, it's ghost. So um, one of the things <laughs> that, <laughs> hey, that this industry is tough, but I've, I've always yeah, been led yeah. to the right people who've always just, you know, wanted the best for, for the just who, who deliver, basically. So I think that also yeah. rubbed off on my, on my reputation in the industry, you know, because now, if you know, it's all about delivery at the end of the day. If working with integrity, mm. if you say you're going to do something, do something. If you can't, you can't. Simple yeah. as that. And I try to not, I I really do try and keep those lines in place where I don't uh, do those things. But anyway, so from Content Connect Africa, then I mean, we opened up here in Nigeria and all these places. And then I think um, I spent uh, close to a decade at Content Connect Africa. And um, that's when I got approached by a a CMO, a collection management organization uh, called Capasso. Uh, Capasso is the Composers, Authors, and Publishers Association of South Africa. So I was invited to head oh. up there. I was invited to head up the the, 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 the licensing department there. Um, so basically, Capasso, um, in the name, is one of the CMOs in South Africa who are responsible for the collection and the distribution of what we call the mechanical royalty. And that is that is the royalty that is due to songwriters and producers. Um, so... Um, Yes, I worked there for, for, for I think, uh, almost two years. And I mean, that's, and, and that was a real, real wake-up call for me. Because, you know, after I was at Content Connect mm. Africa, I was very confident I understood the industry. I thought I knew everything. I actually felt 
ah, you can't tell me anything until I joined Capasso. <laughs> and I found out there's this whole yeah. thing called copyright and there's this whole thing called yeah. publishing. And I mean, I was very mm-hmm. lucky and fortunate again, blessed that, um, at Capasso, they covered uh, the cost for me to go to school. I went to this school. There's a school called the Academy of Sound Engineering here in Johannesburg. And I did a master class in yeah. music business. Um, and I mean, there were certain things I already knew. So it was just touching up on some knowledge I knew. But when it came to copyright and that mm. area, that was just fascinating to me. And that's when I was like, you know, if, if me, me, Munya Chalessa, don't, I don't, I've been in the industry for 10 years now and I don't even understand. I remember thinking, what chance mm. does someone who wants to even enter the space have? So I think that's when mm-hmm. things started cooking in my head with regards to now, um, mm. I think, Moti. And, and you know, I've, I've always seen myself as a man of the industry. And that's how Moti actually started. You know, I used to call myself man mm. of the industry where if you, at any point, at any, at any stage in your career, if you need assistance, I'm happy to be that guy, the man of the industry who can help guide mm. you in place. So that's how that started, you know. Um, and mm. as time went by, um, and that's when I got a call now from, I think, yeah, close to two years passed. And then I got a call from Sony, uh, music, Sony music publishing. And, you know, the thing, what I think is they wanted to open up a new division because Sony, Sony music publishing never had an A&R division. And so people also need to understand the difference between Sony music entertainment, which is the record side. And then there's Sony music publishing, you know, there's two different entities and, because and, and, and the record label, Sony Music Entertainment, they deal with the performing artists, the artists that we see on mm. TV, we hear on radio. Now, at Sony Music Publishing, we deal with songwriters and producers. So that's the job of a mm. publisher. A publisher has that. That's the job of a publisher. That's how I guess, I think because, and so, yes, they wanted to open up an A&R division and they wanted me to head it up. I think mm. with my, the networks I have, my, my experience in the industry, the knowledge that I gained when I was in Paso, uh, it did give me very unique, um, a, a unique skill set. Let me say, which which mm. was very which is appealing to them. So yeah, so that's that's the journey mm. in a nutshell. Yeah, no, no. I mean, like um, just reading up on on things you've done and like actually, you know, you mentioned Capasso. I'm gonna mm-hmm. lip leapfrog a little bit, mm-hmm. and I found out just the other day that uh, there's this TikTok deal. Correct. South African artist. You want to talk so a bit about that? I was there. Absolutely. So the funny thing, so I was still at Capasso. So I joined Sony Music Publishing last year in June. Um, but I think the negotiation started whilst I was still at Capasso, in fact, with the TikTok team. So basically, mm. what this deal means, because at Capasso, Capasso's also done something where, um, as I said, they deal with composers, authors, and publishers. So that's basically, they deal with songwriters, producers, and publishers, Capasso. And they collect a royalty, both Samuel and Capasso, they collect royalties for songwriters, composers, and, and, and publishers. Um, Capasso deals with the mechanical royalty, which is the reproduction royalty, and Samuel deals with what we call the performance royalty. So um, they did a joint license, at much that they do with all the other, any DSP, digital service provider, any digital service providing platform. So that includes Spotify, that's Apple, that's Deezer, that's a Nigeria, Boomplay, that's um, even the networks themselves. Anywhere where music is being used, you need a license. And the job of, of, mm. of Capasso and Sam is to make sure that these guys not only, otherwise you, you're infringing the copyright, the, the, you're infringing the rights of the rights holder because you don't have permission to sell their mm. music. So, so basically, yeah. the thing with TikTok was that um, th- there's all this music, however, they didn't have a license. 
So Samuel mm. Capasso, um, the license was finalized, yes, a few days ago. So basically what that means is that um, TikTok have paid a license to Samuel Capasso and Samuel Capasso will still be collecting as time goes by. But it's based on usage of content now. So that means on TikTok, when you use actually two things, for me, it means that now as Africa, we need to start making sure that we are notifying these collection management organizations of our works because they can't collect royalties for things they don't know. It's, it's so vital. So two things, metadata is important and notifying the CMO. So what happens is then mm. once the CMO gets the correct information, they will then now they can, when your song is now used on TikTok and TikTok will report to Capasso and Samro, then Capasso and Sam will be able to see, okay, this song was used so many times, so therefore this is the amount of money that is due to you. And so it's basically encouraging mm. usage. So yeah, it's important to number one, notify. So you need to notify your collection management organization, whichever wherever you are. And number two, you need to start using more local. So it's the two sides because mm. we want our local industry to benefit now. We need our local artists to really to, to earn revenue from the works they've done. So that means yeah. So it also is on the side of the creators also. You have to be creative in terms of creating these challenges so people want to use your song. So And then, then people yes. will use your song, you earn more money. So that's what the deal is. Yeah. So it just opens up. It's, it's, it's a whole revenue stream that's now available for these guys. Yeah. Yes, that, um, that led me to something else that happened just a couple of weeks or so ago. Um, uh -huh. The Jerusalem song, is that yes. something along the lines? So, yeah, absolutely. So, Jerusalem, we recently signed um, Nontebo, who is the, she was the, she, the the songwriter and the vocalist, the lady who sang on Jerusalem. So, last year, I think the third quarter, we recently signed her to Sony Music Publishing. So, yeah. So, I think, yeah. So, I, I don't know what you're, are you referring to how we're now collecting for everyone who uses yeah, yeah on everyone hey you have to pay me my money <laughs> so basically so yeah because a lot of people i saw there was a lot of calls but basically what we're saying is that you know in publishing there's a thing called synchronization sync deals and it's basically the, the definition of a sync is when you put um moving pictures with music so that's why when you see a song in an advert that's a synchronization deal and the and the person who owns the rights is getting paid for that. And when you hear mm -hmm. music in TV, if you hear popular songs in a, in a movie, to get permission to do that, a sync deal had to happen. So that means that they went to the rights holders, the rights holders got paid their money, and that's why you're using the song. So what we basically we started doing as the publisher now, we're saying that it's not, we're not going after everyone who uses the song. It's not every single person, whether you're a normal, it's only brands that use the songs mm. and because a brand, any brand that was using the song, which was now even exposing the brand further for us, we were like, that's mm -hmm. a synchronization deal because as a brand, you would normally have to pay for that. But just because yep. it's the, yep. you know what I mean? So, so it's not every single person who uses the song, you know, the, mm. the normal person is just doing a challenge. Don't worry. We're not coming after you. We're only coming after <laughs> those brands who know that, yeah. If, if had they used the song, they would have had to pay a sync. Yes, sir. Yeah, but like that is the other thing. Do you think the brand will bring, uh, you know, smart by like, cause they know what they had to do. They just jumped on that train. Like, hey, everybody's uh -huh. doing it, so we can put it in a look at a shoe or yes, a, yes, 
tomato ketchup or whatever it is uh -huh. with this song. I think that I think well, I don't know whether they're being smart or no, but either way, um, <laughs> ignorance isn't an excuse, you know. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, either yeah, way, whether yeah, it was yeah, intentional, yeah. whether it was by mistake, at the end of the day, you used someone's um, uh, copyright without their permission, and because you are a brand. And you are now using that mm. for your advantage, for your brand is getting exposed further mm. because of this. You must pay the rights holder. That's how things need to work. Mm. Yes, sir. Mm -mm. Yeah. So, you know, um, like, I, I, I love music. I do. Uh -huh. Like, I'm always listening to music, but I'm driving, but I'm writing. Like, if I'm not listening to music, I'm sleeping or like something. Like, I'm, I'm or in a place where I can't play music. Okay. So how did you, you know, like there's a difference between doing the business of music and actually loving music itself. How did mm. the love for music start for you? Um, I can confidently say, I think, I think I just always had a love for entertainment as like from a very young age. And I mean, I mean, music is actually what even helped me. I mean, like even things like Sesame Street was, I was a big fan of Sesame Street when they, you know, because they used music to teach you know music it made it easier yeah. to learn things and and so i mean music has always been in the blood i mean even from my parents also they're both uh, music lovers themselves so you know those long drives and and, and when my father's playing although he'd be playing a lot of blues music eric clapton uh, the likes of those people mm. um but then i mean i just was always drawn to just music and that where i mean even as a as a teenager uh, in Zimbabwe, I know when I was nearing the end of school, um, in Zimbabwe, there was this event that was called Haifa, which is the Harare International Festival of Arts. And, you know, I even, I would make a plan. At, at some point, I used to volunteer and be there just to, just to be in that space. Up until, at some point, I was even now a stage manager, and I was even handling some of the stages. So, I mean, wow. it's, always, it's always been there. And that's why I say it's, mm. music has just led me, garden music. Um, you know, obviously at university, I just studied, I studied uh, marketing and advertising. And, you know, when mm. I eventually, when I, when I, when I finished university, just before I got my job at Putumayo, um, how that even happened, mm. that's why I say music is what leads me. How it even happened was because when I couldn't find a job in Cape Town, I, I, I had, I had a friend of mine, he'll till, to, till today is a friend. His name is Adam Metcalf and he's a, he's a DJ, but he DJs, he's a trance. He does trance music. And um, I love trance. You love trance. I love like I I have an unhealthy love for trance. <laughs> it's, it's, it's no, really, it's crazy. So like um, I remember, you know, like how people once once they see you, they expect you to listen to a, a certain type of thing. Music. Yeah, yeah, Ex exactly. So I remember this one time, uh, my friend was like, ah, "Send me some of the songs you like, right?" Uh -huh. And like then we had an exchange <laughs> pictures. So I sent it. And this person thought I was the whitest, whitest person they've seen in their life. <laughs> because, you know... Uh, I love trans so much. Oh, my God. I love trans so much. So, yeah. you must look out for this guy. His name is Headspace. Yeah. And he's, he's kind of what he does. He's a DJ, a trans DJ, and he's a friend of mine. So, yeah. it, it was actually him where I went to his place one day and I decided, let me become a DJ. You know, when I was in Cape Town, I realized that a lot of people weren't listening and... Initially, I, I, until today, I was a big dancehall fan, and I am till today. Oh but, my um, god! Hey, dancehall! <laughs> come on! Me. Come on! <laughs> 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 you're, you're killing me, man! 
<laughs> so, so I said, let you know, you know, uh-huh. people. So you know, okay. So there's a style of dance, and I'm guessing you know daggering, right? Uh huh. Definitely. Exactly. Uh-huh. So I, I, it was in Cape Town too. Like you know, everyone will be listening to house. There was this uh-huh. one club. I can't remember the name, but it was in Long Street. Marvel. Oh. Was it Marvel? Oh yes, Marvel. Oh. They played that song. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I know exactly. They played that song like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and you know the funniest thing is that Marvel is tiny, right? Marvel is small. At the end of Long Street, it's at the end even. It's the last thing. But that place yeah. on dancehall nights, hi, come yes. on, bro. <laughs> so you know what I'm talking about, bro. Exactly, hey. exactly. So that's exactly. So, okay, so that's actually it because like there were so few places to listen to dancehall. So that's when I yeah. said, let me go into become a dancehall DJ. So I thought, let yeah. me speak to my friend who's experienced being a D- even though he's a trance DJ. In my head, the principles of DJing is the same, you know. So I hit him up. Mm. I went to his crib. Um, he's showing me equipment, we're talking, we're catching up, and then randomly his sister mm. pulled through. And also I know the sister as well because we all grew up together in Zimbabwe. And um, mm. that's when she's the one who asked me, she said, Munya, what are you doing in, in, in Cape Town right now? And I shared with her, listen, I'm looking for, well, I'm looking for work. And she was like, what did you study? And I said, marketing, marketing and advertising. That's just like, ah, at my husband's work, they're looking for someone marketing. And at this point, I didn't know to put Mayo on the record label. And so she called up her husband, um, eventually, to cut a long story short, he called back and he said, listen, if Munio is keen, he must go to have a meeting with my boss on the next day, of which I did. And yeah, that was my, that's how I entered the industry. Then it was official that I'm now wow. an industry person. Wow. You know, <laughs> I, so what that's a the story. love. What that's a the love. Story. The yeah. love of music. Yeah. I know I love music. I you even know, love music to like, the point now that I even don't, when it comes to illegal, I don't, I don't mess with any illegal sites with com- when it comes to downloading illegal music, even movies. I extend it to movies. If if I'd rather be patient and wait, I, I, I'm happy mm. to pay to, to subscribe to Spotify or Apple or to pay mm. for a quality tune. Mm. Unless you're the right holder, don't even share music with me on, on my phone. I, I refuse to accept that, it. That is the thing, though. Uh, the next thing, actually, you know, you kind of just segue into something like so. You are working mm. with Content Africa, Content Connect, Content Africa, Connect Africa, and yes. like, and you know, doing all this, you know, distribution and stuff and color tunes and all. Yes. Um, like, did you see that Spotify was going to be big when things started? Because you know, back then there was still like Napster and LimeWire and all these things. Yeah. Like, did you see? What Spotify was trying to do? I think when Spotify started, and but it wasn't available for us for quite some time, but I think mm. we did understand it. It did make sense, and we were like, at least we're happy that, okay, we're understanding that the model is shifting and that people are going for accessibility more than ownership. People were happy mm. to say, listen, I'd rather pay a fee and I'm happy to access a million songs rather than to say, I will pay you a hundred dollars and I get one CD and I own it forever. It's mine. So people mm. started, you know, we saw the shift and it made sense. And, um, but I think still on the continent, it's still a very growing market, you know, 
It's very much mm. still a very great movie. What do you think happens with people like Musica and like, you know, um, hey. I think Musica especially. Yeah, music is just shut down. So Musica, which is a CD outlet, uh, I think it's last, was it last year they officially closed their doors? And I mean, mm. I think it was a combination of of COVID as well as the decline. But because, you no, know, the truth of the matter is, I actually think it was COVID that was the real nail in the coffin because music has mm. been, in terms of when I say music, I'm talking about physical CDs. Um, physical mm. CD sales have definitely reduced a lot. In a lot of these places like Musica, you are finding a lot more games, for example, were now being, like they were selling a lot more other stuff. Music wasn't as big as it was because of, mm. as I'm saying, because of now these, on, these DSPs, digital service providers, who are now making mm. it more easily accessible, you know, to, to access music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, ish. Yeah. Rest what in what peace. do you think um what do you think happened with um LPs coming back? Like where did that come from? Because yeah. like every cool kid has a record player in their house now. Hmm. Because yeah, because LPs, funny enough, it's so interesting and I don't really have an answer as to why did they never really die? I, I think because, you know, mm. LPs are kind of viewed as a real collector's item now when it comes to music. So there's a novelty about having an LP, um, which has always mm. sort of remained. And it's, and I don't know whether it's just because of the size of it. I actually can't give you the science why, but <laughs> there's just a novelty which people were, were, were they're, they're okay letting go of CDs. CDs, they didn't really mind, but something about yeah. an LP, maybe it's also because of the quality and the sound you get from an LP. Because, the sound from an LP yeah. is a lot more richer than you would get from other mm. um, other ways. But I think it's just the novelty yeah. of just having that seed. It looks nice. When you pull out an LP, hey, it does, right? The other thing, you know, so I was thinking, people are like, you know, the quality of music is great with the LP. And then there was this whole thing with um what's Jay-Z's thing? Tidal. Tidal. So uh-huh. th- there was this whole thing with Tidal coming. Like, what do you think Tidal didn't get right with your launch, and like, people didn't really buy into it? I, it's Tidal's interesting because you know, out of all the the, the digital online platforms, because I I subscribe to most of them, Tidal has actually mm-hmm. got some of the best curated shows on in terms of than any of these other platforms. So whether it's Drinking Champs and all these, they're really great like shows and content there. Um, and even in terms of discovery, as in I find Tidal is very good when it comes to like um, when I've listened to the recommendations of songs I should listen to after I've listened to a song, it's actually really good. I've, I've discovered a lot of really cool music from it. I think Tidal just, well, I'll, I can only talk from an African's perspective. You know, I think the thing is that I think they just didn't, when it comes to the marketing promotions, I don't think they've done a great job in really... Um, in really explaining why I should go to Tidal than Spotify or why I should do it mm. over Apple. Whereas you see how Apple Apple is, is a beast with it, as well as Spotify has also done very well with it. But I think it's because people understood the services, they understand the differences, Android, Apple, whatever. But Tidal was just in the middle and it's, just, it's in a limbo where anyone who's subscribed to any other platform will think, why should I, I, I I've got Apple, I've got Spotify. Why mm. I think Tidal, if anything, they just need to do a better job in terms of really marketing why Tidal is the one. As an outsider of mm. being able to access music, what are the other mm. added value things that you can find on Tidal that you can't find anywhere? And Tidal has mm. some great stuff. They really do. Yeah, I, I, I will agree with you on their creation because like, 
Uh, Spotify's Discover Weekly can be so annoying. It can be annoying. <laughs> You'll even be thinking, what I'm is like, this? What would make you think I'll listen to this song? And like, mm-hmm. you know, my, my music taste is so wide. Like, I listen from country to yes. death metal, right? You uh-huh. know? So, Everything. but like, they suggest but songs. I'm like, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> you think what? What, oh, what yeah. are you guys doing? This? You you want to know some, something funny, right? Uh-huh. So, uh-huh. I, I've been like listening to music, follow music news all, all pretty much all my life. Yeah. I never knew what air and R stood for. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, you're not the only one. <laughs> so, so like you know, I was like preparing for this. I'm like, okay, what the f-? like? I didn't know. <laughs> so essentially, it's artists and repertoire. Yes, and like you know, you are responsible for finding the people. So Correct. I guess in the publishing arm, you are looking. Oh, this music is nice, and does Ooh, Sony gross. have publishing for it? Yeah, so and then so, you reach yeah. out to the person. So I'm dealing. So if I hear a good song, I'm not mm. necessarily looking at the artist. I now need to find out who wrote that song and who produced that song because yeah, publishing yeah. deals with songwriters and producers. So my job yeah. is then to find out who wrote or who produced. If it's the artist who wrote it, then I want to talk to the artist. If I find out that mm. there's another songwriter, I want to connect to that person. If there's a producer, I want to connect to them. So my job, mm. as you said correctly, A and R is the artists for the A artists. That part is finding new talent. But in my case, I'm mm. looking for the talent I'm finding is songwriters and producers. The repertoire. Then tell me this uh-huh. though. Uh-huh. Yeah? Go, no, go on, go on. Oh yeah, no, no. And then I was going to say, and then the R for a repertoire. That's dealing with catalogs. So also my job is also to commercialize, to see how do we commercialize the catalog and music we already have or, or maybe that an artist mm. might be bringing in case maybe the producer is a veteran. They might have a catalog. So my job is also deal with the repertoire, the catalog to to commercialize it and monetize, basically. Mm. Yes, sir. Here's one question, though. Like I'm, an, like, I'm a producer or a writer or whatever, uh-huh. and I'm signed to X Publishing, right? Okay. Um, Can can I, like, now be signed to Sony? Or how, how would that work? Like, is that something... You can't like, have two I, publishers. Do I have to, like, time? end... And that's what I'm saying. Do I have to yeah. end one contract and then start yes. a new one? You can't have two pub because it, it just gets messy if you do that. You, 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 the, the, your deal would either have to have expired or you would have had to terminate it with your previous publisher. Mm. But if, if you have two publishers at the same time, then who's going to collect the royalties now? That's the problem. Yeah, yeah. You see what I mean? Exactly. So what? there's another trend I kind of noticed where artists, like, I was that nerd that, you know, uh-huh. when you had CDs, man, you read, I read the, the label and notes. I'll see all those names. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <clears throat> you see, like, most thing. one thing that happened was that a lot of artists were getting their own publishing company. Like, Correct. is that something as a new artist I should do with, like, even with all Spotify and all these things? Um, You know, to be honest, if if you've got the capacity to do the admin and the like, then absolutely go for it. But I think what mm-hmm. I find is that a lot of artists, even though it says they did publishing, I've realized a lot of artists mm-hmm. don't even understand what publishing is. Where, you know, the thing is, some artists, I'm telling you, some people will say, I'm telling you till today, and I'm talking from artists who are, or writers or producers who are starting to establish people. I have the same conversation when yeah. I talk to guys, hey, yo, do you have publishing? A lot of them say, yes, I'm my own publisher, what, what, what. And then I say, okay, who do you do mm. publishing through then? 
Then what they do is they, they, some, they mention digital distributors. They will say, yeah, I published through CD Baby. I published through TuneCore. DistroKid. Content Connect Africa, DistroKid, AfriCori, Electro Mode, whatever. And then I say, no, no, yeah. guys. You see, the confusion is the word publish. Because publish means yeah. to make available. So people think, mm. when I say, have you got a publisher? You'll think, yes, I've made my stuff available through these aggregators. Mm. But so that's why even often on the liner notes, you'll see them say, I'm my own publisher. I just use a third party, but I'm the publisher. But no, you're not the publisher. <laughs> you are not. And that's the thing that we need to, that's why, and I think it even goes into now where what inspired me to create, to, to, to start doing, um, changing Moti, which was man of the industry, which I used to call myself into Moti master of the industry where the M stands for master mm. because I've seen the gap in education and that is, it, mm. it's, it's, it's stunting the growth of our industry as a whole, the lack of knowledge and understanding. Mm. So yeah, that's, mm. that's even, these are the conversations which made me just say, let me, I'm going to do it myself now because I can't wait for someone mm-hmm. else, you know? Yes. Yeah, no, this is a right time to actually just jump into Moti itself. You know, I mean, I introduced you as the master of the industry, but you actually are starting this whole school. Let me just call it a school um, called Moti. Tell me more about Moti. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Moti, so it's Moti Africa. I've, I've created an online educational platform focusing, for now, focusing on the music industry. Because as I've shared, there's a lot of our music industry is being stunted because people just don't understand the basics. We, we're still, and I can confidently, we're, we're still at kindergarten level when it comes to understanding the basics of music. So, and also, as I said, even with my job, when I'm at Sony, it makes my job that much harder because or it, it, I have to do that much more work because I'm having to explain a, B, C, D, you know, I'm, 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 see, every time in a meeting, <laughs> I'm doing the basics. <laughs> I'm still, I'm, I'm having to talk about I the basics. I shouldn't be laughing, but that was <laughs> funny. <laughs> but that's where I feel we are. That's why I said it's like, we're still in the kindergarten where yeah. we don't understand the basics. We don't understand, um, mm. the, the different players. We don't understand. And there's nothing mm. also that when locally anyway, there's nothing that joins the dots that tells me that, um, what a number of thing. Mm-hmm. What is the most important thing? Building a brand. Music is also about building a brand. People forget about yeah. it. People concentrate on the music a lot, but you also need to focus on yourself, the brand. So that's important. Mm-hmm. I've, I talk about, um, um, I, 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 I talk about also uh, the team members. Who are the important members in a team that you need and what are their roles? Um, mm-hmm. I talk about um, what do you do once you've written a song? You and a producer, you've done a song. What is the first thing you need to do? And I introduce split sheets to talk about the importance of split sheets and why they're so important. Um, once you have a split sheet, where does it go? I introduce the collection management organizations. So in SA, there's five. Um, there's Samro, Capasso, Sampra, Risa, and one called Echo. Um, so I go How do you choose that. which one to join, though? So the, the, the truth is, three of them do different things. So oh, okay. Capasso and Samro deal with composers and songwriters. Um, uh, Sampra deals with record labels and performing artists. Then we have okay. Risa and Echo. So these two almost do the same thing. Risa and Echo, they, they handle audio visual royalties. So they make sure, so audio visual is music videos and the like. They handle mm. that. 
So there's different, everyone has their own, they, they have their own lane. So you actually need all of them. Well, between you have to, you'll decide between Echo and Lisa, I guess. But the other three, you need to have those in place. Um, so I go into depth with that on the website. So I've, I've, I've also got some really great interviews with, with the key people, the CEO of, of Samro there, of, I mean, the CEO of Capasso, the GM of Samro. I've just got some really key people. I've got interviews. Um, and all of this, and then lastly is legal, the importance of legal. And, and what I want to do on my platform is to um, create templates because I see legal is also an issue with artists. So create downloadable templates that anyone can use if you're an artist and you have want an mm. artist-to-artist agreement or collaboration, you can come through to the platform. And at this moment in time, all, all I've described, I'm putting it there for free because I've realized that the information is there. So there's no need for me to put a cost to it right now. The information that is there, mm. all I'm doing is I'm helping draw a line so people can understand that, hey, this music business is a business because it, as I think mm. I've, it's too easy to make music now. Anyone... I'm telling you, there's people who watch people every day on TV doing music videos. Someone today, I'm telling you, is looking at a Wizkid song. And they watch Wizkid and they'll look at it and think, I can do that. And then what they do is <laughs> they... That's what people think, I'm telling you. Someone today is watching Wizkid. I think, what song is um, Essence with, te- um, with Thames? The new music video is about to drop. And the, someone will look at it and think, I can do what Wizkid's doing. Ah. And because it's so mm. easy to download a program to, to make beats. You can get Fruity Loops. Nah, you get free. To record a song, you don't even need an actual mic. You can use your headphones even. You just sing into the micro. You can sing into the headphones. You have your vocals done. In your head, you think, okay, next thing, I then put it out. I just I just put it out and I'm into it. You have, that's when people understand that this is a business. It's not mm. as easy as WizKid isn't an overnight. Actually, that's why I even, I even, I even call out some things I call industry lies. And one of the big ones for me is um, overnight success. That thing doesn't exist mm-hmm. where there's no one who just downloaded a song and program today and puts out a song tomorrow and they become a night overnight success. The only reason it's an overnight yeah. success is because only you've heard of that person at this point in time. <laughs> but most people, yes. I've heard people tell me that Burner Boy is an overnight success. You know, and uh, can you believe? Yeah. But it's only because you've heard of Burner Boy since you dropped African Giant. But this guy's been doing the things for years. <clears throat> but but yeah, so mm. I think with my platform and right now, so the the idea it's all for free. I'm making all this video. I'm putting it in mm-hmm. video content because another of these industry lies is creators don't like to read. You know, I know, I, and I know they don't. But so I said, let me put in. I'll make it in in video format so that's easily understood and digestible. Yeah. And it just gets the message across. Mm. Um, so that's the plan. And obviously, I'm going to build the. I'm going to build on the platform. There's some really great other functions on the platform. There's one called Ask Emoji. And by the way, when even though I say I, I want to be, I want to coin my, my my name is going to be. I want to be called your favorite Moti. But ultimately, I want everyone to own Moti. If you are someone mm. who wants to be in the industry, you don't you don't necessarily want to be an artist. But you want to see what other opportunities? Let's. That's where I want you to own Moti and to say, listen, I want to also mm. be a Moti. You can stand with me, and we learn together, and I'll help guide so that you also. Because I need more business-minded people in this industry. That's what we need. Who are mm-hmm. passionate also about music, because this industry is not about yeah. a job. You can't. It can't be a job for you to do this. I'm telling you, it has to be. There has to mm. be a deep passion. I feel, and. Um, 
No. Yeah. And I think that is something that that shows whenever you talk about music, especially the business side, like you're uh -huh. really passionate about it. It's almost yeah. like these people are leaving money on the table and you're like, it's there's true. so much money left here that you That's have. That's what's happening. You've, 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 you've hit the, the nail on the head. My problem is right now, all of us could be making a lot more money within this industry if mm. we do things properly. Currently, I'm confident mm. to say that there's millions of money that's not being collected because people aren't doing mm. their the metadata correctly. They're not filling out metadata. They're not notifying the CMOs. So there's millions of royalties that are just floating because the CMOs don't know mm. who to pay. In actual fact, there's a, there was yeah. a document that the CMOs called, called Undoc. It's undocumented where basically because they've got deals, they get at, at, at the CMO, they get notified by all the, everyone, whoever they've licensed. They give them a raw report of every single sale that's happened on the platform. So there's millions of data. Mm. So basically what the CMOs, they go through it and they have to match with the member to say, okay, yes, mm -hmm. Munya's did a song. He's notified mm. us. Munya told us he's got a song called Moti. Okay, we see Moti's played so many times. Okay, this is the amount allocated for him for songwriting and producing that song. Mm. That's how it works. Mm. But if you don't notify, then the CMOs don't even know yeah. who to collect and who to give the money to. So that you're very right. There's money that's just wasted. I want, to, I want more money. I, that's why... That's why we're not seeing. <laughs> that's why we're not seeing these deals that we see that are happening internationally. Yeah. You know, where we see someone mm. did a deal for. I think Kanye West just did the deal thirty million for whatever for doing this video. We we locally aren't seeing big ass deals like that because we haven't got our mm. shipping order, and until we do, we won't see big deals like that. I want to do a deal for twenty million dollars to sign someone and say yes, I signed this mm. person for twenty million dollars, and we're working. And because I know that I can get a return on investment on that 20 million, it's all good, you know, because mm -hmm. I understand. But until we get those things right, I, we're going to keep catching L's in this industry. Yeah. Talking yeah. of L's, there's this new thing happening. And uh -huh. you are the right person, I think, to ask. Uh, okay. So this guy, he was like with a record label before, and then the record label folded, and then he disappeared, I don't know, six... 10 years, whatever and yes. then he came back last year or two years ago uh and then started this company hypnosis or whatever hey we're talking about and what they Merck. do is they literally just come and buy your catalog what yeah. the took me to, like what the fuck what is happening there like how, so, are they, yeah. how does that work so that's actually and it's the new trend as you're seeing that that's why i say when it, the cats when they're buying catalog it's almost like they're buying publishing because that's why music is an asset. That, and that's one of the things we all... That's why we need, to diff, we need to shift our minds how we look at music. Even though it's not tangible, mm. it is an asset. It's an asset that if I make a song today, if I register it and mm. I register that copyright, it becomes an asset mm. to the point where even if I pass away, my trust or my children can earn off the royalty still because the music will still be playing. My, my, my mm. heirs, whoever I sign as my heir or my trust, it's an asset. So music has value. So basically, it's almost like when, when I saw the moves that guy was doing, it shows that it's almost like there's a stock market because it's not a new thing to do this, by the I, way. That is what is happening. That's what I was looking at. He's as like, yeah. and he, he's, he's insane. It's insane. He's insane. He's buying <laughs> catalogs. I mean, and, and you've seen the amounts that he's been buying for. 200 it's million. Crazy. 300 it's million. crazy. It's crazy. It's mad. <laughs> But clearly, he's understood. Yeah. Uh -huh. so, oh, no, yeah. So, yes? 
No, like, I mean, they have too many artists and they don't hey. like, I don't think they, they ever buy partial catalog is everything. They go so, for everything. Like, they what go happens the then? Like, exactly. So like I'm an artist, I sell my catalog. What does that mean? Like, does that mean they own my music now or what, so, what yeah. is happening so, there? So it's just the same. So that's why I said music is like an asset. And when it comes to the copyright, so if you sell it, it's like if you were building a house and you built a house, if you sell your house, then your house no longer belongs to you. You've sold it. Oh, so that means you actually have so so you're selling the assets. So what happens that means is that um the royalties that you would have got for the usage or whether you, the song is being played, whether someone is now wanting to do remixes and they want to pay and those monies won't be going to you, it's gonna be going to the new rights owner. Holy shit. So this person, this guy, like, this guy is like uh, thinking 10, 20 years ahead, right? Ah, no, he's, he's like, I'll give you this 200 million now. But, but he knows he's going to be Moving forward, back. all the money that the, this music is going to make belongs to me. I have to, re I have to, recoup, I have to get a return on my investment. Simple. Holy shit. So it, it almost makes it look That's like. That's a lot of balls, though. It's just, ah, no, but it's probably, it looks like balls because I think we're still not too sure how he intends to commercialize it. But this guy clearly knows how he's going to commercialize. And he's going for certain catalogs. If you're seeing, he's going for a lot of the old school catalogs. So there's yes. something. You know, there's definitely you know, something. You, you know the one, um, I don't know if you watched the uh, documentary with um, Dr. Drew and Jimmy. Defiant uh, ones. The Defiant Ones. Oh, man, that was a mm. great, great, great doc, right? It was a beautiful so, piece of work. So, you know, I, I just knew Jimmy, like, okay, he's this Interscope person. I didn't really know that he was a producer person. I didn't know he made music. Yeah, I also was surprised. But then I found out that uh, Hypnosis Phone just bought his entire, like... Imagine. Jimmy. So you understand, like, you Jimmy's a... you know how far a, back like, Jimmy? We're talking exactly. how far back. <laughs> also, like... He has all this money he made from Apple, right? So it's not really yes. like he, he, he can't be doing it for the money, right? Like he has no. all this money. <laughs> he's still working with Apple. So yeah. why is he like, okay, you hypnosis guy, take this thing and go and make all like it's hey, it's I, crazy. I think maybe he got a deal he couldn't refuse, bro. At the end of the day, everybody's <laughs> got a prize. You know, I used to I used to love wrestling and Mr. There was a guy called Million Dollar Man and he always Ted DiBiase. Ted DiBiase. And he said everybody's got a price. Simple. I, <laughs> that's what that's the you know what I'm talking about, bro. Ah, so they gave this guy a deal. They gave him a Dude. deal and a half, bro. Holy shit. Because that's millions. Man. So, millions you know, millions. I think LA Reed what... also sold his catalog yeah, to them. I, I mean, mean... we've got big guys. We've got massive <laughs> LA Reed's catalog is Asha. As in and these guys right? they have their hands in different eyes, madness. <laughs> madness i mean it's crazy it's but crazy it's exciting. i'm like it's what exciting. is what the fuck is happening but do you know what when i knew that he got something right was yeah. that i and like like i told you i'm a music nerd what yeah. i when i knew he got it right was that other phones start opening doing the exact same thing like and like yeah. people you know I, this people are <laughs> music is following. so big Hey. Yeah, music is so big now, and like Super companies big. are consolidating. And like yeah. just the other day, this guy, uh, Justin Bieber's manager, what's his name? Scooter. 
Yeah, he just sold his company to this South Korean company. Uh -huh. I'm like, uh huh. Yeah. Why we not? You know, like things like that are not really happening on the continent, man. Because so we don't what you are know doing yet, Moti bro. Yeah. Is really important. Amen, bro. That's the the reason. That's why I keep on saying that the reason is because I want to see those deals, but we can't do it until we get our basics in order. That's what Moti's mm. all about. This is this is the shit. No better, yeah. do better. Moti, simple. Yeah. That's it. So I'm not even calling the creators anymore. Like at one point I was saying, maybe the creators, mm. we need a whole new set of people who are comfortable wanting to be in the space that I'm in, where it's the business side. We need a new, they need mm. to put their hands up and say, we will be accountable to make sure that we, we, we are. The, so when the creators are hype in the studio, they've just made a song. They aren't even thinking about paperwork. We need one person who's business minded to say, okay, guys, yes, this mm. is cool. But before everyone goes, what are the splits that we've decided? Who did what? Are we okay yeah. if we split the song 50 50? And at least let's get it quick, yeah. fast. Do, 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 do. And that's actually yeah. one of the features I wanted to, I'm going to be introducing on the Moti. I'm, I'm, I've worked on a digital split sheet because I think maybe the problem with split sheets oh. is that maybe the problem is we have to print it, you have to sign it, you then have to scan yeah. it. So I said, let's maybe let's digitize it. So I've actually worked on doing a digital yeah. split sheet. So there and then, you can just register, log on to the multi platform. Mm. You put in who are the rights. You put in the names of the people. You say who wrote this. What is this percentage? And then you've got a split sheet. It mm. emails it out to everyone. It's official, mm. and you're not. You know. So those are the things. I'm just trying to make it easier so people start understanding. But yeah, ultimately, they must, mm. we need someone in the room who starts thinking like the way I think and the way they think the business yeah. side of people think. Yeah, that's what that's what we need. Yeah. Yeah, because like um, there's this website. Is I think the website is literally called Music Business. Yes, Music Business website. Worldwide. Hey, Music Business Worldwide. Yeah, worldwide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one. Yeah, I live bro. on that website. Like, like when you read, I was like, there's just the money is, is like stupid money. It's like it's ridiculous. It's like, it's like crazy money. <laughs> it's, that's what I'm saying. There is so much money, guys. The money yeah, is there yeah. within this industry, <laughs> but we're just catching yeah, yeah. L's because we're not doing the A, B, and C still. Mm, the basics. Mm. We need to oh, get Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> it just hits me that I'm, I'm taking uh -huh. so much of your time and I know you have a meeting coming up. So we no, have no to stress. do this again. But nah, I'm not going to let you sure. go without talking about Mbube. Oh, um, yes, sir. And, and like how this young man from south africa is like okay you guys you have to pay like why was it important for you to do that and how did you set about doing that so you know that story is a very heartbreaking story to me and and i actually learned about it only when i joined capasso because the world of copyright mm. didn't make sense and i mean if anyone is not familiar with the story is just to summarize quickly so mbube was the original song that was recorded in 1938 i think by a gentleman by the name of Solomon Linda. And, and, and this man, basically, this song turned into what we know today as Lion Sleeps Tonight. In the jungle, the man. That song that everyone knows um, that has actually, uh, from my understanding, the last time I heard this, that song has now made up to $60 million worldwide. You, <laughs> you know, before I'm, you continue, I'm gonna, uh -huh. I'm, I'm gonna add just a little um, salt to the wound. So uh -huh. I was reading about 
uh, about this lady. She's from the Disney family, right? Uh -huh. Disney made money. Disney made money. But then they started losing a lot of money mm -hmm. until they made Lion King. So Marvel, Disney Plus, everything, like literally everything that has come has been Disney before Lion King and Disney after Lion King. God, and let's be honest, thing. it's that song. Is that song? That song is so powerful in the It's film. powerful. That's why I can go sixty million dollars. So, so the problem now that that happened was that, um, from my understanding, Solomon Linda was number one. He wasn't compensated correctly, and then the royalties. As I as I explained earlier, music is an asset that you can even till today you can pass on to your relatives, your children, your heirs, or your trust, whatever you have. If you pass away, mm. so now when Solomon Linda passed away in the late 60s, 1960s, the rule, mm -hmm. like everything just, nothing was done properly. The family never received anything. And it was just, it really was terrible, to be honest. And I mean, if there's actually, a, there's a documentary on Netflix called The Lion's Share, which it actually explains the whole story fully. It's a painful watch because at the end of it, mm -hmm. there's no happy ending for the family. In fact, you end up learning that it gets deeper where eventually there was a, there's a, I remember there was a legal team, there was a company, a legal firm that initially seemed like they were the knights in shining armor to help the family, but then <laughs> shady stuff also happened there. Now, when the legal team got Disney's attention, then the family mm -hmm. were very excluded from the talks. Um, then obviously mm -hmm. now NDAs got signed, so the families could never really disclose. Um, a tr like supposedly part of the deal was that they Disney said that they must open a trust and that's where the money would be getting sent to. The family never got access to the trust. They never knew how much was ever sent to the trust. And I mean, it's just a heartbreaking mm. story at the end of the day. And I mean, I think in total, the family walked away. What And, and this is even from the documentary. The documentary says that they, I think they walked away with $250,000 um, after all of this. And if you look at 60 million that might sound big but that's like a grain of sand in i mean if you compare it to 60 million 60 million dollars yeah. is a different figure so you know that yeah. that whole saga and story touched me to the point i was like you know something really has to be done about this and i mean i think that's why i was like let me and that's where now i i after watching the documentary which very good it made me very upset that's when i said you know what i my aim is to try and give the family a happy ending you know, mm. where I really want the, to just give them the happy ending that they deserve because they've been cheated. And mm. and in the same breath, I said, let me not also try try and dwell on the past. Let's let's talk about let's move let's think about moving forward. How can we do things moving forward to fix things? Because the past is the mm. past has happened, and I, there's no there's no point in trying to rehash. It. So what I decided to do, and I mean, I did reach out to mm. the family, um, well, the grandson of Solomon Linda. And because um, he's who I believe now they're, they're restructuring the trust where now the family's going to be part of the trust. And um, mm -hmm. the so I speak, reached out to him and I mean, they did give their blessing for me to go with, to, 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 to go ahead with this project. So what I did is because the original song, which was done in 1938 or 36, I can't remember, mm. um, that, is, that song was out of copyright. It was now in public domain. So copyright does have a lifespan. So things have copyright for a period of time. And then after a period of time, it's almost like the copyright expires and then it's in public domain. And in public domain, all that means is that you don't necessarily have to go to the rights holder to get permission to sample or mm. remix. So the original Mbube 
is was out of copyright. So what I managed to do was um, I got I managed to uh, well I was blessed to find two great producers slash DJs. Um, um, one by the name of Cuba, the other one by the name of Bucky Alps. So they came up with a whole beat for me, and I managed to get the, the legendary Mautella Queens. I mean, these are people who've been in the industry 50 years plus. And the fantastic mm-hmm. thing about the project is I managed to get the original Queens. And I mean, I'm talking about people who are between the ages of 73 and 78. Um, mm. They Because I think they could also relate. They, they, they're very familiar with the Solomon Linda story. And it was just such a really great... It was just a positive vibe. And they re-recorded... So we re-recorded the original movie. We did a re-record of it. Mm. And what I said I was going to do and what should have been done is I gave... Well, back then, he should have got a much bigger percentage. But for this project, I allocated 45% of the copyright um, to the family. So the family can earn the royalties of this new version. It should have been done years ago. Mm. So they will be able to earn... Um, the royalties and the like of this new version of Bube that uh, we've put mm. together. And um, yeah, it's been an exciting project. And, you know, I, my plan is, you know, I'm not done with it yet because I need to still shoot a music. It's just that COVID happened. So a lot of things happened mm. that uh, we did. So it's called Bube 2020 because it was released last year during all the madness. Yeah. Um, but Bube 2020 is the name of the song. Uh, on YouTube, there is a, it's a lyric video we did. Um, and that's all we've managed to do mm-hmm. so far. But the plan is to do an actual music video. Um, I want to look at doing remixes of it as well. So, and through this all, we're documenting because the idea is to put together a visual mm. so that this can also be an educational source. It's like, it's two things. It's healing the industry, number one, because I think we need to heal as an industry. And by acknowledging mm-hmm. a wrong was done, but let's try and fix it. And we're not going to fix it by trying to rehash the past. Let's let let the new kids. We're the new kids in the block now. Let's let's have the new kids come mm. up with new creative ways where we can heal. And number two is to yeah. edu- educate so people can understand. Because so with this project, I've been through the journey of an artist, so I understand the challenges and the things you need to do mm. in terms of the publishing, making sure that paperwork isn't done, making making that sure, making sure things are signed off on making sure that now the next thing, and but the only reason I haven't done it yet is because um, I want to document it. But I do. Next, we need to register the song at the CMOs properly. So I want to document that process of registering the songs. Um, mm. and, and just all these elements. When, I'm now, when we're now doing the remixes, and I pray that we can get some really big names behind it, um, those negotiations, mm. parts of those negotiations will be documented and shared so people can see, okay, if you're doing a remix, this is what happens. So yeah, so it's about educating really. So yeah, that's that's just a passion project that I've been working on as well. And I really hope that it inspires and and it just educates the industry to see that things that happened in nineteen thirty-eight are still happening till twenty it's twenty twenty-one and yet the same things are happening. So it's almost like guys, we do need to mm. to snap out of it. We need to wake up and understand and I'm hoping that all these yeah. things I'm doing will educate and help people understand more. No man, Munya, this has been great. Like, I have too many questions. That's why I say you have to come back to the side. So I'm not talking about Spotify. I'm not talking about Apple Music. I'm not talking about yeah. YouTube. I'm not, like, there are so yes. many things we need There's to talk a lot. about. But, but I know you're a very busy person, yes, and I know sir. you have to leave. So. First off, I'm super grateful. Thank you for giving me this much time no, and thank you for sharing it. all this knowledge. I um, and I can't wait to have you back, man. 
No, no, I can't wait to come back. I really appreciate it. I thank you for reaching out. Um, thank you for having me here in the sanctuary. As I said before, at the end of the day, when we know better, we do better. So, yeah. Mm. So this is a, let this be a call to action. Anyone who's interested in the industry, who doesn't want to be an artist, please. Um, there's my website, www.moti, spelled M-O-T-I, Africa.com. That's the website. Um, all the information is there for free right now. All you need to do is register and you'll get access to it. Um, I'm also going to be introducing what I call Moti Mondays, where I'm going to look at, I don't know what platform yet. I'm going to decide whether I'll do Instagram or even on Clubhouse even. But it'll be a direct ah. engagement where people can ask questions and we can just, we, mm. we need as much, I need as much information out as possible now. People need to learn mm. so that we all do better. Mm. So yes, sir, I appreciate you at this time. Thank you. Thank you, Israel. Man, thank you. Thank you so much. Nah, it's all good, bro. Anytime. So part two is coming. Don't worry. Part two, we'll we'll be ready for it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Ah, Thank you, man. Bless, bro. Bless.